0: Bishop Earl and I discuss underage marriages in the Kingston Polygamy Group, next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Recently, another book was published by Nicole Mothy telling her story of her experiences in the Kingston Polygamy Group and as a daughter of the leader, Paul Kingston. It's the very first personal story in book form coming out from the Kingston Polygamy Group. Now, there have been many books written by victims from the FLDS and a handful coming from victims of other polygamy groups. But this is the first one from the Kingston group, and we hope it paves the way for many, many more to come forward and tell their stories. Their experiences are beyond belief. It's hard to understand that these things continue to happen and to be tolerated in America and to see the local religion and politicians turn a blind eye while nutcases and victims multiply. Hmm. So keep watching our weekly messages as we bring out news and views on Mormon polygamy. This time... As a kind of a segue into next week's first interview with Nicole, it just so happened that there was an article in the Salt Lake Tribune recently uh, about underage marriages in the Kingston polygamy group. Now, the link to the article is on the screen. And as always, the Tribune's articles on Mormon polygamy are bold and interesting, shedding needed light on the perverse, I'd say perverse, <laughs> and illegal practice of plural marriage, Joseph Smith style. Now, the article features Jessica Kingston, who was married at 16 years old and reveals that she was pressured into early marriage, not only by her parents, but by other members of the group. By 18 years old, she was pregnant and went on to give birth to four children in the next four years. We quote.
1: Yeah, the logic here is interesting. Uh, oh. Jessica knew the longer she waited to wed, the more likely she would have to become a polygamist, and the more likely her husband would be far older than she was. So at age 16, she married. You're just supposed to get married as young as you can, she says.
0: That's the logic, yeah. Now, the writer of this article is Nate Carlisle, and he's done several articles on polygamy in the Tribune. He's done very good uh, articles and, and good information on contemporary Mormon polygamy. And he did a search of public marriage records since the beginning of 1997, and this is what he found.
1: In a search of public records created since the start of 1997, the Salt Lake Tribune found 65 marriages among members of the Kingston group, in which the bride was 15, 16, or 17. The two most recent of those marriages, according to wedding certificates, occurred in April. Those two unions happened in Colorado, where it's legal to marry your cousin. The Tribune also found three marriages in Missouri where, until a new law raising the marriage age takes effect August 28th, 15-year-olds can marry with a parent's permission. Former members of the sect say there may be dozens or even hundreds more marriage certificates at county clerk offices across the West.
0: They're good at hiding their, uh, their doings, you know. Of course, yeah. polygamous parents will always give their consent for a child to get married at any young age that the leader may decide. Wow. So not only are the polygamy groups continuing to force a child bride marriages, the Kingston group continues by coercion um, their incestuous doc- doctrine of cousins marrying cousins, Half siblings marrying half siblings and nieces and uncle marriages and so on, even though their parents may also be half siblings or niece and uncle or cousins or even their grandparents as they endeavor the utterly impossible task of making the Kingston bloodline pure. Mm -hmm. Now, according to the article, depending on whether you're talking with members or non-members, they are either cooperating with or circumventing civil marriage laws. We quote.
1: The marriages, former followers say, can be used as a tool to keep girls in the Kingston group known among younger members as the order. For their part, the brides sometimes see legal marriages as a way to avoid becoming polygamous later and consequently being matched with a husband perhaps twice their age or a means to escape their parents' crowded
0: households. And their households are crowded. Yeah. Things that escapees report are happening inside the group are denied by faithful, loyal members of the group. Of course they would be. We can expect that to happen. Members will never reveal the negative things that are going on inside the group. They are for the most part completely brainwashed and believe wholeheartedly that they are part of God's only kingdom on planet Earth. Kingston group practices are to be kept secret. They are expected to lie for the Lord and they are always to defend the leader and the group to their very last breath. One such person The article writes about, defended her early marriage.
1: One woman who was married in 2014 at age 16 said she did so for the same reason most people do. She fell in love. She also felt a religious call to wed and saw herself as mature enough to undertake such a commitment. It wasn't forced, said the woman, who was asked not to be identified because of stigmas that often come with being associated with a polygamous sect, It was all on me, and for the most part, that's the case, where it is the girl's decision whether she wants to get married at that age. She said she knows of a few cases in which the girl was pressured by family or faith leaders to marry, but I can count them all on one hand.
0: Hmm. And frankly, everything she said is false. (laughs) Either false perceptions in her own part or blatant lies. Most young females in polygamy do not understand the difference between being forced or coerced into marriage because since the cradle, from the cradle, I should say, they are conditioned to accept it or be damned by God. That's the only choice they know. Obviously, most will cave to the guilt trips, the threats, the intense pressure, and the promise of eternal life in exchange for polygamy. It's illegal in Utah for cousins to get married, but it is legal in Colorado. So they take a car full of girls and a few (laughs) husband-to-be into Colorado to get married all at the same time.
1: It's teen marriages in the Kingston group that spurred the Utah legislature to act this year. It passed a bill adding forced marriage into the state's definition of sexual abuse. Former sect members testified in favor of the measure, but it's unclear whether the pressures faced by teens in the Kingston group constitute forced marriage. Some former teenage Kingston group brides acknowledged they weren't forced to marry. They made a choice. It was just the best choice, some say, among their bad options. (laughs) (laughs) That's closer
0: to the truth. Yeah, that's closer. (coughs) So what happens to an underage female who rebels against their abusive living situations. Now, there are hundreds, probably thousands, of personal stories that could answer that question. The article tells the story of just one such young girl, Colleen Snow.
1: Snow says she chose to get married to escape an abusive living situation. She favors raising the legal marriage age to 18. But at age 15, Snow wanted out of the Kingston group. She is the fifth of her mother's 12 children. Her father, John Daniel Kingston, has 14 wives. She grew up in Woods Cross and hated the order all her life, she said in a recent interview. At 15, Snow ran away from home, wound up in a foster home, and later was returned to her mother. Her parents placed her in what she called a repentance home, where she wasn't allowed to communicate with anyone without supervision. The doorknob to her room was removed, Snow said she was forced to fast, pray, and read the Bible. She wasn't allowed to leave the house until she decided whom to marry.
0: That's abusive. Yeah, that's control. And with treatment like this, it's no wonder people escape from polygamy with a fear and hatred towards God. That many of them turn completely away, never wanting to hear about God or his kingdom or his word or his ways. Little do they realize that the God that polygamy groups threaten their kids with and their little girls with is not the true, loving, gracious, kind God of the Bible. And our purpose is about reaching out to those who have been burned by the wrong idea and the threats of a false god and show them it's the evil men of polygamy that has done this damage to them. It isn't God who has done it or commanded it. Their doctrine is straight from the pit of hell. The Bible calls it doctrines of demons, and they are merely following Joseph Smith's example when he promised, 14-year-old Helen Marr Kimball a glorious salvation for her and her whole family if she married him, a man almost three times her age. This is what happened.
1: If you will take this step, this is Joseph Smith saying this, it will ensure your eternal salvation and exaltation in that of your father's household and all of your kindred. This promise was so great that I willingly gave myself to purchase so glorious a reward. None but God and his angels could see my mother's bleeding heart when Joseph asked her if she was willing. She had witnessed the suffering of others and who were older and who better understood the step they were taking. And to see her child, who had scarcely seen her fifteenth summer, following in the same thorny path, in her mind she saw the misery which was as sure to come, but it was all hidden from me."
0: And so, you know, the polygamy groups do the same thing with the young girls today as Joseph Smith did with Helen Mark Kimball. They promise all of this stuff, you know, it'll save you, it'll save, you know, your family or whatever. Even the parents will will say that their salvation depends on whether their daughters marry into polygamy. And it's all a lie. It's all, none of it is of God. Joseph Smith... Actually, set the stage, he lowered the bar, <laughs> he wrote the script to set the example for today's polygamous. But salvation does not come from living polygamy, neither marriage nor polygamy has anything to do with righteousness, the kingdom of God, or eternity. And Mormon polygamy has ruined too many lives and continues to ruin the lives of young girls, but also Ruins the lives, lives of males in polygamy groups who cannot have a marriage because there's not enough females to go around. And guess what? They have to be married to go to heaven. That's so right. it ruins them, too. There's more to the article that we've discussed here. And we suggest all of our viewers read it and take it to heart and understand things haven't changed. Polygamists haven't reformed. They continue to suppress, to oppress, to coerce illegal marriages. And we have to ask the question, will it ever stop? Again, to be sure and watch our next two interviews as Nicole Moffey tells her story of being born and raised in the Kingston polygamy group and her horrifying experiences as a daughter of the leader, Paul Kingston. Now, polygamy and the Mormon's practice of sealing rituals for eternal marriage is a non-biblical doctrine. It is never commanded for God's people, it is not addressed in the Bible, and no polygamous or eternal marriages were conducted in the Old Testament biblical temple, and marriage itself is not necessary for entrance into heavenly bliss. Now, I know the Mormon, the LDS, also teach marriage is a very important part of your eternity, of of salvation. Eternal families. Mm -hmm. But Mormonism has woven an intricate fabric of passages taken out of context, passages totally misunderstood, and they concocted a salvation plan that includes becoming gods and goddesses, but only if you're married. The early Mormons, of course, called polygamy a prerequisite to becoming a god. Here are a couple of Bible passages they misuse.
1: Yeah, Matthew 16:19, whatever whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and Ephesians 1:13, ye were sealed with that holy spirit of promise.
0: Now, Here's one of many Mormon passages about yeah, that.
1: From the Book of Mormon, Helaman 10:7, Behold I give unto you power that whatsoever ye shall seal on earth shall be sealed in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, and thus shall ye have Power among this people.
0: Now, don't they teach that that is is where their authority comes from to to do the no. marriage sealings, the temple sealings, right. and all of this other? Well, that
1: the priesthood that was restored to Joseph Smith supposedly mm-hmm. gave him the same promise that Peter had that whatever you seal. But they that, use these be...
0: verses to back up that, they right? They do, right? Yes. And Mormons believe that Elijah came to Joseph Smith and and, yeah. and committed to him the power of sealing right. and also the the priesthood.
1: Priesthood? Uh, Peter James and John brought the Melchizedek priesthood. Elijah brought the, the? sealing ordinances, or the yeah, I believe the.
0: Didn't he power bring the to Aaronic seal. priesthood too?
1: John the Baptist brought the Aaronic priesthood. Okay,
0: I had yeah, that. Okay, yeah, I had yeah. that wrong there. So, so, but but he brought the sealing, the 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 yeah, sealing authority. I think authority. The,
1: Elijah was. Uh, I I can't say the words right, but it's yes, the the power to seal, yeah. Okay. Sealing power or endowment power,
0: or whatever the. Which is what they base their sealing on, yeah, and right. that's what we want to talk about here: is the sealing, because LDS and polygamous marriages and LDS temple rituals are contingent upon their idea of sealing people to people. And the only authority that can seal people to people is the Mormon priesthood authority. Now, there's a lot we could discuss on this idea, but we don't have time. Uh, But it's very easy to illustrate from the Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in, uh, that they've got it all wrong. And this isn't a matter of interpretation either. It's a matter of properly reading and understanding the Greek language and its grammar. Matthew 16, 19, Jesus is talking with his 12 disciples and specifically he is speaking to Peter. This is what he said.
1: Yeah, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven.
0: So the syntax of the Greek text clears up the meanings of Jesus' words and it is this. Whatever you bind upon the earth... "...shall be having been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose upon the earth shall be having been loosed in the heavens." It's a past and done action. Mm. No human has any authority to bind or loose anything that God hasn't first decreed to be bound or loosed. The Greek language makes it clear that the binding and the loosing is done in heaven first, and no one can change God's mind or make loosing and binding decisions for God or seal up those decisions by any human authority. Any teaching different than that is heretical. Elijah could not have given any authority for binding and loosing to anyone. Elijah was a prophet, he didn't carry the keys to anything. Mormonism is enshrouded in the idea of sealings. Everyone is sealed to multiple people to make sure that no one is left behind and unable to enter God's kingdom because some human neglected to seal another human to a human family or in marriage and of course they all claim it's biblical. But what does the Bible say about sealing? Well, I did a search. The word Seal is used 26 times in the King James Bible. Not one, not one of those uses is for sealing humans to humans or men to women. The word sealed is used 36 times in the King James Bible, and not one of those uses is humans having been sealed to other humans. Wow. The word is used in the New Testament to indicate a person who becomes a believer in God's word, in God's gospel, and in Jesus Christ. They are then sealed to God by the Holy Spirit. No human is sealed to another human by the Holy Spirit or by some special priesthood power or of another human being. It just isn't there anywhere. Now, Mormonism, polygamists, the LDS, they all claim their foundation is the restoration of a lost gospel because of a former worldwide apostasy. This restoration was claimed to have been given to Joseph Smith through a vision that he claimed he received at 14 years old. Mormon Doctrine and covenant says this about that.
1: Yeah, uh, chapter 2, verse 3, section 2, verse 3. The restoration is among the most important tasks God has ever entrusted to a man. Without it, the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming.
0: Okay, so there's that. Yes. (laughs) And how Joseph Smith taught. How important he
1: was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Joseph Smith taught that priesthood authority and power had to be restored to the earth because it had been lost through apostasy. Gordon Hinckley said this about Smith's claims. I would
1: like to say that this cause is either true or false. Either this is the kingdom of God or it is a sham and a delusion. Either Joseph talked with the father and the son or he did not. If he did not, we're engaged in blasphemy.
0: Bingo. I think, I
1: think, think so. we got it. <laughs> I think
0: that's it. We've talked about restoration before because it is the foundation of Mormonism including mormon polygamy groups restoration means to restore back to the original yet we challenge every mormon and every polygamist to bring forth the evidence show us where the original has been restored show us where and when the true gospel was lost show us where and when an apostasy actually occurred Prove where the Bible is untrustworthy. No one has ever accurately done that because it can't be done. There was no restoration because there was no loss to be restored. And as Hinckley said, if what they are teaching is not true, they are engaged in blasphemy. And they are. Old Testament polygamy was a choice of humans, not a command of God. There is nothing there to be restored. The Old Testament was uh, temple was destroyed in AD 70, and no restoration is needed for it because Jesus Christ opened the way for everyone, not just temple goers. So the only sealing that is done is by the Holy Spirit Himself. And He seals people to God, not to other people. And that sealing simply means God's guarantee of salvation, to those who trust Jesus Christ and nothing and no one else for eternal life. The biblical Christian message is simple, easy to understand, not contrived, clearly explained in the Bible. Eternal life is a free gift of God through Jesus Christ, not by merit earned or by sealing rituals performed, not through polygamy or anything else. just jesus christ amen. <laughs> amen that's right the league, we hear that all the time and it's such a big deal in mormonism polygamy as well as lds yeah,
1: sealed for time and all eternity
0: and it's just that's heretical absolutely unnecessary dead works
1: yeah especially when you you learn that jesus says there's no marriage in heaven mm-hmm, in right. heaven, heaven yeah and here that's the most one of their basic tenets now is that families can be together forever. Mm-hmm. It's one of their big selling points. It is I think a big is selling point for them. conversions for uh, people to be converted, and uh, mm-hmm. families can be together forever, and you can be sealed for time and all eternity. And,
0: and yet, you'll never find that in the Bible. You'll never go. find an original from which they restored that <laughs> right, from because right. it isn't. It isn't there. No. Nope. No, nope. and never has been. Who knew? Yeah, okay. yeah. Praise God that he showed us <laughs> yeah, the sure. truth of all this. And and thanks again. Earl. You bet. Thanks for it pleasure. so much. Joseph Smith called polygamy the new and everlasting covenant. But the new covenant of the New Testament is that Jesus Christ offers forgiveness of sins, the Holy Spirit to be with believers forever, and direct access to God without priesthood or any other mediation. In the new covenant, Jesus' death and resurrection is 100% sufficient and complete for forgiveness and sanctification. As believers, we receive all that Jesus has done for us, plus we receive the actual righteousness of Jesus Christ when we trust Him and believe the true gospel for our eternal life. So Joseph Smith's New and Everlasting Covenant was polygamy. Jesus Christ's New and Everlasting Covenant is infinite grace, complete forgiveness, and unconditional acceptance into God's heaven without works. So which do you choose? Joseph Smith's polygamy at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.